Law Matters Live show was created to give law enforcement a voice rather than a soundbite. And in doing so, we have also given you a voice with federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies, the legal community, government officials, and our military. Join us every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. You will hear truthful, up-to-date information that's valuable to you and your family. Please show your support by going to lawmatters1030.org and join our 1030 Challenge. Your contributions do make a difference. Now, let's start the show. Good morning, everybody. Before we get started, I want to tell you I don't work for Rocket Mortgage. I don't endorse Rocket Mortgage. I don't know why they have their ad there. I am a loan officer with Geneva Financial. In the studio, we have Jennifer Crawford from TPD and Jessica, I'm not even going to try to pronounce your <laughs> last name. What's your last name? In English, we say Respecki. Respecki. In Polish, you say Zepetski. Okay. write that down and obviously Jennifer's with TPD tell us who you're with uh, Jessica and what your role is with that organization I am with Power Over Predators and I am the director of learning we do prevention education locally and nationally Um, we work with kids grades 6 through 12 and We discuss topics, all kinds of different things that have to do with sex trafficking, um, child abuse, exploitation, that type of thing. Okay. That sounds like a really intense job. It is. (laughs) It is. So it's gem show time, Super Bowl time. Jennifer, isn't this the time when people start doing the sex trafficking or it, it gets more involved locally and wherever that Super Bowl is happening. (laughs) Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Um, Yeah, I mean, potentially, obviously. I mean, it's obviously always going on. I think that's what people, you know, just need to remember that it's always happening. It's not just at certain times of the year or certain cities or certain events, but certainly anytime you have a large event that um, draws a lot of potential uh, buyers demand, obviously, for something like that for sex trafficking, you're going to have a lot more early, at least you're going to have the potential to have a lot more traffic coming in and out. And usually what we tend to see, um, and other cities as well, that like host, like you just said, Super Bowls or golf tournaments, you know, even like the other cities like Comic-Con, conferences, it doesn't really matter what the event is. Anytime you're going to have a platform that draws a lot of people from other states or all over the country, you're going to have a potential spike in demand. And so other people will travel to that location from out of the city. And so you'll start seeing an increase in potential, um, you know, girls, boys, obviously being offered for up for sex trafficking. How do they do that? How does somebody, you know, you're traveling to a different city. How do you find somebody who's being sex trafficked if that's what you're looking for? What, what's the market? How do you... It's not like you can go to the convenience store and say, I want that. <laughs> Are you talking about the, the, the customer, the buyer? Right. Um, so most of the stuff is online. Okay. That's what we're still seeing. So we all, I think, remember Backpage, or at least we do in this room. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Maybe not everybody <laughs> listening, you know, um, and for those listening who don't know what Backpage is, uh, a pr- couple years ago, it's probably been longer now. I feel like we've been in this COVID bubble for a yeah, couple of years. Forever. So probably <laughs> more like four years. But um, basically, it's an online service. It's basically like Craigslist, or it was like Craigslist, only it was the, I like to call the dirtier version of Craigslist, where you could order 
you know, up a person basically. So there was an escort section on there. It was under adult services. There was a tab for escorts. You click on it and there was ads that were clearly, um, you know, involving like prostitution and there'd be females in scantily clad photos, lingerie. So that's how you would communicate with a girl. They'd either say, call me or text me. You would communicate, make a date, and then they would meet up usually at a hotel or the person would respond to the uh, customer's house. Um, and so that's basic, and that's still going on. So, you know, we all know Backpage went down and as with anything, it was quiet for a little bit and then the whole bunch more popped up. So it's just as busy, if not busier now. Um, unfortunately, the host sites are usually out of the country now. So there's not a lot we can do with them as far as like taking them down. They did seize another one um, a couple years ago. Um, City Guide X uh, got also taken down by the federals, by the federal government. Good. But yeah, you can still just go online and look at the ads, just Google. Mm-hmm. Maybe I won't say what you should Google. Right. <laughs> you just Google and uh, see it'll, it'll come up. And it's actually gotten worse because before they would at least be a little bit more like cover. Like there'd be a girl in lingerie, maybe a bikini, um, you know, sexy clothes. Now it is literally, they're completely nude. Mm They're showing close-ups of, you know, their body parts. Like it's literally porn. I mean, I don't even know how else to say it. I mean, it's very blatant what what it Mm -hmm. is. There's no masking it anymore. Um, So when somebody calls that number and sets up a date, are they actually calling that person or are they calling that person's pimp? Uh, could be both. And, and is yep. it a pimp? Yeah. Do they refer to them as pimps? Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the common term. I mean, formerly we use trafficker, you mm-hmm. know, in law enforcement and I think in, in our training yep. world and everything. But yeah, most people will know pimp, I think, from obviously TV and movies and books and just being, you know, out there on the street. The yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's kind of the common term, but... Yeah, we call it a trafficker. But yeah, I mean, it could be both. It could be you're calling the, and I'm just going to use female girl just because it's easier instead of saying he, she the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, we mostly see females posted, but there are there are males. I was on there last week. We were doing some stuff and there were some um, male escorts, you know, posting. So certainly we see both, but um, obviously it's still majority female and our pimps are majority male. So if you hear me use that yeah. pronoun, that's why, but it's never... It's not one one and one, yeah. yeah but yeah, exactly. I mean, it could be just the girl, or it could be it could be the trafficker. You just don't know. So, is there any special preparations or training that you guys go through? Like next year, we're going to have the Super Bowl here in Phoenix. Is there anything that you prepare to try to avoid this type of activity, or is it come say come saw? I mean, you're never going to avoid it because, I mean, there's just really it's no there. way to avoid it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like drugs almost like, I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. as long as there's a demand for it, there's going to yeah. be a supply for it. And that's the problem. If you take away the demand, you know, then you're going to be able to make an impact. Um, I'm not involved a lot, obviously, because it's Phoenix up there. So obviously all the activity is going to be attracted up there. But certainly you're going to have the peripheral cities that are also maybe potentially going to see an influx, um, you know, even Casa Grande, which is kind of small, but they're growing all the time. Um, but Tucson will likely probably get some overflow just because it's not that far away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. only an hour and a half. But I do know that they've hosted there before, um, and so they and they actually have a lot of um, they have a full time task force. I mean, that's like fully funded, like full staffed. I mean, so they they know what they're doing. They've been doing it for a while, and they've got their stuff together. So I worked security at the Super Bowl last time it was here, and we had like a five second one minute talk about what to look for 
And it was pretty appalling. <laughs> it was like, what? Wait, what? Come back. <laughs> what yeah. did you say? I think they, you know, they do a lot of training and outreach, um, as she was saying, to like the hotels and like prep like months before. Like they're already planning. Now I've been at a couple conferences this year already where they're already having strategic meetings about, okay, what are we, you know, what are we doing to get ready for the Super Bowl coming up? Because it is such a big event. Um, you know, here locally before Gem Show, um, every year we go out and we do, gem, I just call it Gem Show Awareness, and we meet with all the hotels and we give them hospitality information packets, which is basically information specific to the hospitality industry. And so I have information in their packets that's specific to their hotel staff to share with their hotel staff about indicators and sex trafficking awareness. So it's like, what should the front um, desk staff look for? What yeah. should the bellman look for? What should the valet look for? What should the housekeeping people look for? Because it's all kind of the same, but there are a little bit of different, you know, things depending on what area you're working in. Yeah. So we hand that out to them every year um, just as part of, you know, try to be awareness. A lot of them are good in the last um, several years. A lot of the ho big hotels have instituted training for their staff where they didn't used to do that. It was kind That's of That's because they were being sued. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were being held accountable. Yeah. And, and Eric Bauer had a lot to do with that. And some are better than others, some yeah. brands. But I have noticed in the last couple of years, even some of the smaller ones have gotten better because they would reach out to us to do training because I do all the training and outreach for Tucson Police Department to the community and even some of the law enforcement agencies down here in Southern Arizona. And um, they would reach out to us. But I'm finding I get less and less requests for that because they're doing it in-house, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, so that was nice to hear. But they're always friendly every year. They're like, oh, you're back. It's my <laughs> packet. Like, this is my packet it's again. My packet. Like, yep, here you go. And so I'm mean, really good. And do they use that packet for training? I hope so. I mean, I like yeah. to think that they do. They always are very receptive. You know, we give them business cards too if they need anything. So I, I like to think so. Do you get calls from these people if they see something that's suspicious uh, like they're supposed to sometimes, call? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, I certainly do not get an influx, I'll be honest, you know, like uh, reports here every year at the Gem Show. People always ask, you know, like, so what are the, what's the data for Gem Show every year? And right. What's the spike? But we really don't have any. Um, not that it's not going on, but we don't get an overflow of reports that come in. So hmm. I like to think that maybe, you know, it's people working. are doing a good job <laughs> and we're, you know, being awareness that our officers are, you know, are trained on what to look for. We send them out an information bulletin as well before Gem Show about certain calls to take maybe a little bit more time on domestic violence, maybe yeah. robberies, uh, runaway juveniles, like maybe just ask a few more questions, yeah. look around a little Find bit more if really something is. seems off. And, you know, my phone is on 24-7, so I'm always happy to answer a question or give them some advice if they see something, so. Cool. And I know the Power Over Predator program is basically trying to keep things from happening, training right. the youth. Right. So talk to me about your program. Well, what we do, like you said, it's trying to stop it from happening. And oftentimes our kids, you know, we, we're looking at this as adults. They're just kids and they don't really realize the full force of everything that's happening. And they're online. And like she said, that's that's where they're getting them. Um, recruitment is online. If you look at the 2020 Human Trafficking Institute's report, it says, I think its exact words are, it dwarfs any other type of recruitment yeah. online. So it's happening online and oftentimes they just simply don't know. And so that's really place one to start um, with with our kids. you We have to start get, making them aware. 
making them aware of the things that are happening online, making them aware of what's acceptable in a relationship and what's not so that they're not being fooled by a trafficker online. So it's hitting those little pieces that oftentimes we're not actually talking about with our kids, if that makes sense. We're not sitting well, down yeah, and mapping they think it out. They, they talk to the same person, they're gaming, so they're talking to the exactly. same people all the time. Oh, I know this person. No, you don't. They're still a stranger. You well, have no clue who that is. And that's amongst the research that I've been doing. I'm, I'm a PhD student, so I've been researching cyber abuse um, and prevention education for a few years now. And that's actually a major piece to it. We miss the kids oftentimes because we're not looking at it at their level. And so we're missing them. So when we're talking to them about a stranger online, their brains don't see that online friend as a stranger. Right. That might be a person they've never met in real life, but in their mind, that's not a stranger. I know that person. Yeah. I know that person. And so as we're, we're missing them, right there is a big piece of where we're missing them because we're just not using the same words. Their interpretations are different than ours. And so it's a lot of just starting right there with simple things with them and explaining things like that to them, that trying to get them to where they're at, where they're at instead of where the adults are at. So you have a program, you go into mm -hmm. the different schools too? We, we go into school, we, hit, we have done very little of that since COVID. Um, Nothing's happened since COVID. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, we were in, I mean, it was a daily, we were in schools daily yeah. prior to COVID. Um, now, most of our content is online and you can access it. You pay $10 a month on our website and you can access courses, um, information, lessons that you can do with kids. You know, that's really remarkable because number one, that's great price, <laughs> you know, to learn something that could save your kid's right. life. Right, right. Or the trauma of going through some of the the things that I've read. Andy Berger was supposed to call in today. I don't know if she's, she's in a different time zone, so she <laughs> probably has the time messed up. But she has written a couple of books that are, I think, worth reading. Her latest book is called Voices Against Trafficking. And I only had time to glimpse through some of this and some of the stories, I think people could relate to these stories because it happens so easily. I mean, yes. it doesn't matter where you are, your kid can be trafficked. Absolutely. Right out of your living room. Yep. And we've got horror stories to prove it. Absolutely. And that's exactly what's happening. And the scary part is, you know, when we think about it, when I was a kid and probably when you guys were kids too, it was the man in the white van watch out for the man in the white van, you know, and... That was the good humor guy. He was <laughs> <laughs> The guy in the park with the puppy. Right. Andy, I think, is right. maybe what, you know. Right, the guy, you know, watch out. <laughs> Don't take candy from strangers. Right. And, and that mentality still stays for a lot of people. But in reality, it's not the guy with the candy. It's not, I mean, that's happening. It happens, but very seldom. Yeah. Most of the time, it's going to be somebody they know or think they know. And I say think they know because, because they don't really know. They don't really know them, but they think they do. So we're we're oftentimes we're looking for the wrong things because like you said, it's they're sitting in your living room next to you and this is happening. Yeah. 
I like there's a, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. There's a training thing that we've done um, a lot. And one of the, there's a quote in a video and it's like, you know, where you wouldn't let these strangers into your, into your home. Why are you letting them into your kids' phones? You know, and, mm-hmm. it, and that's just exactly same, that. Same. I mean, they just don't think, you know, but kids, as we all know, right now, it's all about, you know, being popular and being yep. liked and being, you know, fun. And so they like those likes. They want followers. They want likes. They want all these friends, they don't care. So they're not paying attention. You know, when someone sends them a thing, they're not even looking at it. They're just like, oh, yes, boop. You know, that's another yep. number to them. Um, you know, I read a lot of articles on the, like, you know, it's basically with the whole dopamine in the brain and yep. the serotonin. I mean, it, for them, it's like a rush. Like the more I have, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at minors cases and I'm, or uh, accounts and, you know, they have 5,000 friends on Facebook. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, you know, the police department has a thousand people and <laughs> right? I, I right? don't accept their friend requests just because they work with me. I mean, I laugh, you know, someone will send me a friend request and it says 50 friends in common. Right. And I'm like, so I know you're another officer, <laughs> but I've never met you and right. I, I've never talked to you. Like, no, I'm no, like, yeah. I'm not going to be your you. friend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's just, not how they roll, exactly. not the kids. You know, no. they, want, they want the numbers and it falls into to anything. I also deal with um, threat mitigation on the department. I do sex trafficking or human trafficking and then um, threat mitigation. So we do a lot of school threats and stuff like that. So I just got a case recently where a kid was being threatened on Instagram. Um, Had nothing to do with trafficking or anything like that, but the same thing. There were some threats on Instagram from somebody. It just kind of overflowed into school. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, he didn't know the guy. you know. And he's like, well, I I have no idea where this came from or what's happening. And I'm looking, I'm like, well, you follow him. He doesn't follow the kid back, but he's following whoever this is. It could be another kid. But anyway, I'm like, why why did you connect with him? He's like, Well, I want I want to get more followers, you know? I mean, so it's just that same yeah, that mentality. So yeah, it doesn't even have to be that whole like relationship or they are they're in yeah. love with somebody or they like somebody, so they're accepting their friendship. I mean, this is a totally different platform. Yep. And he's just like he just they just want to be popular. And so that, and traffickers re- exploit that yeah, they, just they absolutely know everything. that. Yep. Yep, they're not they paying attention. And, you know, now I'm dealing with a situation where, yeah, he's being kind of extorted or blackmailed for right. for stuff. And their brains just aren't, you know, their brains they're aren't developed to enough to yeah. be thinking about this. Right. You know, as adults, that's rational to us. Like, why would you? Right. I don't know you. Why would <laughs> I accept you? But to a kid whose brain isn't developed yet, it's that's not that, you unpopular. know. Right. It's unpopular and it's not rational to them. But their brain's not there yet. So can we really blame them? Not really, because, and I think this is where adults need to be trained. The parents need to be trained in order to train their kids because they don't realize what's going on. And I'm not sure the phone, I know they have phone security things for youth. I'm not sure how detailed that is to keep them from liking people on whatever it is, Facebook or Yeah, you can't, I mean, I'm not aware of it for for that. I mean, there's obviously monitoring software so parents can monitor like what apps their kids have and where they interact. But I don't think, um, as far as I know, it doesn't... Like stop them. Yeah, it's not going to block them from doing certain things. Like they can put security blocks and like times on them. I know Mm -hmm. like maybe when they can use a phone so they can kind of control like, okay, from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. You're not going to be able to get on your phone. I know they can do that. They can do that, those kind of blocks. Um what apps they're on. And then of course you can put some GPS stuff. Um, I have a parent that put, um, I think it's called Life360 on their phone. It's like a tracking app, which turned out great because I had a case where the oh. minor went missing and thank God the mother had that on the on the phone because we wouldn't have found her otherwise probably. Wow. So, I mean, you know, there's things like that. 
Um, but yeah, as far so as like, like tracking app on your child's phone is a real smart thing to do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, iPhones obviously have find my iPhone, which mm -hmm. I'm sure you can connect with all of them. I'm not familiar with Samsung, so I don't know about those. <laughs> Me neither. And or Android. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so you have that, <laughs> but I mean, you could just shut that off. So right. this parent had like, I'm pretty sure it's called life 360. Um, and yeah, it's a tracking app that the mom now it can be disabled <laughs> because right. they can do some stuff, but it does at least help. And yeah. there, there's some great stuff. We, you know, we say there's a, a company called Bark and yes. they have some great, you yeah. know, things for monitoring. It's called Bark? Bark. Yeah. yeah. Like, like a bark, dog? Like a dog. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and um, the thing is, so, well, obviously, like she just said, monitoring and restricting, <laughs> it's it's a good thing to do, you know, to, to but at the same time, that's not going to stop anything from happening. And so while yes, you should do it, don't think that just because you're monitoring and restricting that you're stopping anything because newsflash, they know how to get around it or they'll learn how to get around it. Kids are way smarter than us. Yeah, yeah. they really are. They're good. Well, and not to mention that it, the traffickers and the, the criminals, they're getting more developed. They're figuring out how to get around things, you know? So it's kind of both of them figuring out how to get around it. That being said, when they go to school, can you stop them from looking at a friend's phone? Can you stop that? You can't. On a we, computer. Yeah. Yep. There is, we cannot stop it 100% of the time by monitoring and restricting. So that's why that prevention piece that's a piece of prevention, but also the education part is really the foundation because then you're giving them the skills and the tools. And it's different than just saying, you're not allowed to do this. Don't because talk to strangers. The minute you say you're not allowed to do this and I'm restricting you, they're going to fight back against you because they're teenagers. Right. That's they're what they do. do more. <laughs> right. Well, they didn't have two Marines as parents. If they told me I couldn't do it, I didn't do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like, well, that's but, exactly right. I mean, we focus now on, you know, where everyone asks, asks me, well, do you teach in schools and do you do all that? And I know that there's obviously other agencies mm -hmm. that do. And I'm kind of like, well, no, because that's not really my arena. And I think, I mean, a lot of schools are resistant to this type of topic coming in. And so we try to focus on the parents, you know, the education part. I'm like, yeah. it's really not my job as law enforcement to teach your child, you know, that mm -hmm. type of stuff. I mean, I'm exactly. in a different arena, but you know, we can certainly, you know, teach, give the parents the tools so that they can educate their yes. own children. And so we developed that class, the social media dangers and awareness class that I teach with detective Frank Hansen who's in the Internet Crime Against Children unit. So it's a nice combination of, you know, it's not all about sex trafficking. It's online dangers. Right. Like, this is what's happening online. This is what your kids are doing. These are the trends. These are the hot applications. This is kind of how it works because there's a lot of parents that have no idea right. what Snapchat, Facebook, or Instagram is. Right. And then we tell them, and then this is the things that they can be subjected to while online. You know, it, this activity could lead to, you know, a sex trafficking situation, a child exploitation situation, a child sexual abuse material situation, which child pornography, but they right. changed the term now in case mm -hmm. people don't know what that is. So, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, we kind of just cover like a lot of like, well, if you're doing this activity and the predators are also online and they engage, this is potentially what it could you know, lead to. And that's that's been really received really well and it's gotten a lot of good mm -hmm. feedback. So that's what we kind of focus on now um, is just to give the parents those training tools to to be aware. And like she said, you know, 
we used to teach the class in person. I mean, you know, you've been there with us and there'd be that one person. Well, my child doesn't have a fo- have right. social media, right. so I don't have to worry. And I was like, well, when they yes. do have what? social media, you just don't know <laughs> about right. it. You know? Right, right. <laughs> They're like, not telling you. Like you said, you know, like she said, you can use a friend's phone. Yep. I mean, they're handing out phones on the corners now. All they yeah. got to do is go to McDonald's and hop on some free Wi-Fi. And mm-hmm. I mean, you can log on on a phone and have multiple accounts. Absolutely. On one phone. Yeah. So to think that is very naive. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a few. With more people shopping online and avoiding the stores, FBI Phoenix wants to educate and warn the public about online shopping scams. A couple prevalent scams to keep in mind are non-payment, non-delivery scams, when you pay for something but never receive it, gift card scams, a spoofed email could convince you to purchase gift cards for someone else to use, only get gift cards from reputable companies and give them as a gift, not for personal or business reasons, and social media scams. Beware of holiday promotions or con. Do your due diligence when looking at an ad on social media. Ultimately, if a deal seems too good to be true, it probably is. The FBI suggests checking your credit card statements often, even after the holidays. Never give personal information. Check the reviews. You can learn a lot about a company by what others are saying. And lastly, if your gut is still weary, contact the company directly. If you believe you've been the victim of an online scam, report it to the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center at ic3.gov. Law Matters Live Show airs every Saturday morning at 8 when you and I talk with law enforcement. Is there really a crisis on the border? Are we really being invaded by aliens? On our next show, Border Patrol brings us up to date. Get your questions ready and call in at 790-2040. And please support Law Matters on your website, lawmatters1030.org. Every dollar counts, and your generosity truly makes a difference. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org. To report suspected human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center at 1-888-373-7888 or text HELP or INFO to 233-733. To learn more about Homeland Security investigations and our efforts to combat human trafficking, please visit our website at www.ice.gov or check out the DHS Blue Campaign at www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. For more information on the Southern Arizona Anti-Trafficking Unified Response Network, please visit us at www.saturn.org or find us on Facebook. Thanks for staying with us. Our guest in studio is Jennifer Crawford from Tucson Police Department and Jessica, she's got a great last name, (laughs) from Power Over Predators. I want you to say it just once. No. Try. (laughs) I thought the second time was easy. What was it again? The the Polish one? Yes. In Polish, it's Zepetsky. 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 Yeah. Zepetsky. Okay. Zepetsky. We've got we'll that done. We'll <laughs> <laughs> That should, I'm from Chicago. That yeah, should have perfect. been easy, right? Perfect. So, okay. I know you have programs online that people can go to and use to train their children and adults. Tell us about these programs. Well, right now, what we have available online, we have five, five different modules, and I call them modules. They're lessons that are roughly about 20-ish minutes long on a video portion. Then we provide additionally with that, there's 
worksheets, question like discussion questions for the kids. There's activities for them to do peppered throughout the courses. So we do it this way. That way, parents and teachers, because we work with a lot of educators, so parents can use the program, educators can use the program, and lots of stuff we put in there. Each module deals with kind of different topics. So we cover, you know, it runs a gamut of different things. And so there's a module that's dealing with goal setting, for instance, another one that's called, you know, internet and the brain. So your brain matters and it's teaching the kids how your their brain functions with the internet. There's one identifying predators and what to look for and how to notice your own vulnerabilities and relationships, how to build healthy relationships with people and think about who you're meeting online and that type of thing. So they go online. We have different ways. You can put the kids online and they can click through the course themselves and do activities online. Or if it's easier, we have video versions. Sometimes people can't put the kids directly on a computer and they want to just deliver it. So there's video versions that come with activities the kids complete on paper. Do uh, Okay, this is taught in the schools. Well, do they get graded on this? Is there, no. Or is this just an activity nope. to, to try to reinforce their understanding of what they're doing online? Right, right. And obviously it would be up to any any school to decide if they wanted to grade it, I probably wouldn't suggest grading any of the things, you know, they're there just to, you know, to be aware. Yeah. To be aware and participating. And when we, when we tell the kids, this is there to protect them, we're teaching them how to protect themselves. And they really buy into that. A lot of people think that kids just blow you off, but they're like, Oh, I want to know how to protect myself. They, when you pose it to them that way, they need kind of the street smarts. And that's what I always told them, you know, when we were going into class, you come to school often and you get, you get the, the academic smarts, the book smarts. But we're here today to talk to you about street smarts because that's really what this is. It's building all of the different things that you're not learning academically in school. And those things are affecting them in school. These, all these other things that are happening have the ability to affect their academics. So it goes hand in hand. Yeah, I think street smarts has kind of gone away. I mean, when I was growing up, if you were street smart, that meant you were out in the world doing different, you know, things and learning what to do and not to do. Mm -hmm. Today, everybody's inside. So street smarts doesn't really have the same meaning. Or they're just on their phone. I mean, you know, I just, sometimes you just sit around and even with adults and you just, maybe you're just people watching somewhere and, you know, everyone's just got, they're on their phone, they have their heads down, you know, they're yep. walking across the street, exactly. <laughs> you exactly. know, not paying yep. attention. Kids all the time, you know, they got the headphones on, the beats on or the AirPods and they're just in their phones now. I mean, they are completely blind to what is happening around them, yep. you know, but even adults for that matter, that's mm-hmm. just, that's the world we live in now. I mean, they're just oblivious. It seems like, unfortunately, until Unfortunate. something happens. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunate. Yeah, I've seen people riding their bike, no handles, no hands on the handlebar, but they're on their phone looking down. It's just crazy how technology and, you know, the phones have just taken over people's lives. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure we've all been a little bit bad about, you know, you're you're in your phone or you're on an app, whether it's social media or like YouTube or videos. I mean, everybody loves that stuff, but sometimes you just got to be like, God, I got to... Take, take a break. break. Take right. a break. You know, even I'll find my stuff, you know, on Instagram, watching those little funny reels right. <laughs> all right. day long, like for like an hour at night. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I but they're so entertaining. And right, they you are. Could just, you could just see how you could go down that rabbit hole yeah. and especially being 
a child, you know, a youth, a teenager, I mean, yeah. oh my gosh, it's even worse for them. Because they is. don't have that self-control right. necessarily right. or that constraint to be like, you know what? I've been on here for 30 minutes watching right. videos. I should probably take a break. Take. <laughs> you know, they're just uh, engaging, engaging, engaging. Yeah, it really is about a balance. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's not... It's not that the internet is in itself the absolute worst thing right. in the entire world, but it's kind of what we've made it. And it's about a balance. So if the kids are going to play online, do certain things online, but then they're also balanced with the activities they're doing outside of school or whatever that might be, sports or fam, even if it's family, you might not even be needing to do an activity, but having that in-person, social, balanced with what's going on online. That's really key in their brains. And I think a lot of families um, don't engage like that anymore. Right. Like when I grew up, I'm not gonna yep. say how long ago that was, but <laughs> when I grew up, I mean, we ate dinner as a family every yep. night. Like you, you had to be home you know, for dinner. Yeah, I would kind of laugh because it's just a different world that we live in, obviously, but I would literally be like gone all day. My mother would have no idea where I was at. Like, right. God forbid I got snatched and went missing. She would be like, well, I saw her at seven a.m. Right. She was wearing this, and I don't, I don't know what else I to don't tell even you, know officer. What she was I but left the rule work, was yeah. when the street lights come on, you go home. You go yeah. home. Yeah. That was just the rule. I mean, yeah. other than that, you were free to run amok all day long. But you know, we came home, we had dinner every night as a family. Yep. Um, granted, you know, we didn't have the phones and all this, so it's a little bit different scenario. But still, like you had that time, and there was more sports and things like that, and activities. And I think families have gotten away from that, or when they do come together. What are they doing? They're when on you their see phones. on the restaurants, yep. everybody's on their on phones, their sitting at a table mm -hmm. together. So yeah. not talking, but on their phones. Right. So that's yeah. not solving the problem either. And even as adults, you know, you do that. You know, like you know, you'll go out with your girlfriends now to dinner, oh, yeah. and sometimes some of us will like call each other. I'll be like, hey, you know, let's put our phones down and yep. and engage. You know, because. But you know, sometimes seen, you can't I've help seen it. People text message the person next to them. <laughs> oh. I don't think I've ever done that unless I had to no, tell I've, them I've something seen it. secretly. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you still. I've done it when I need to say a secret. Right, exactly. It, yeah. But you <laughs> know, even as adults, you kind of need to check in with yourselves on that. Right. But and yeah, figure it's it just out. you know, like we emphasize as well. Like, there's no reason, like when we're teaching our class to the parents, that kids need a phone in their room at night. Like between probably like 10 a.m. and whenever they wake up, they do not need their phone. And I remember one time a parent was like, well, they, my child uses it as an alarm clock. Well, you know what? You can go down to Walmart and get, get a little old school $5, $5 alarm, alarm clock, clock and they can use that. They do not need their phone. Nothing good happens work. at night in the middle of the night on a child's phone. No, like It so just true. doesn't. They don't need to be engaging with their friends or their quote online friends in the middle of the night. Right. And who knows it. where those online friends are. Right. I remember at 10 o'clock, it used to say, a guy on the TV would say, it's 10 o'clock. Do you <laughs> know where your children <laughs> are? And I wish they'd bring it back. Right. Right. Because well, I remember, I remember when we were, you know, when the adults used to say, nothing good happens at three o'clock in the <laughs> yeah. morning. You're right. If you're out at 3 a.m., you're not doing anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. The only people out at 3 a.m. are bad guys and police. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's kind of the same online. You know, nothing good is uh, no. at 3 a.m. Oh, online. No. Your kid does not need to be online no. at 3 a.m. Yeah, exactly. Their legitimate friends, I'm pretty sure, are not awake at 3 a.m. Right. in the morning, you know? Right. <laughs> and think like, about it. Who are their legitimate <laughs> friends? Right. Mm -hmm. They probably have a handful. Right. Well, that's the thing. Compared you know, to all like, these no followers. kid has, I'm sorry, no kid in high school, I don't care who you are, has a thousand friends even. No. I will call. I'll call that out right now. Like I don't even just, know a thousand people. I know, right? No. 
Like, no, it's just, and you know, you look at the profile pictures and some of the stuff and you're just like, how do you not think this looks a little fishy? Odd. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. and we try to explain them. I mean, it's so easy to make a fake profile and account nowadays. It's like, unfortunately, oh, yeah. the, you know, if the kid, the minor, you know, legitimately may be thinking that they are talking to another age appropriate person. Yes. And so, you know, you don't want to blame them for necessarily accepting that friend request because... They think, oh, well, it's, you know, they look at the picture, it looks normal. Maybe the communication is sounding somewhat appropriate, you know, right then. But, um, I you know, and somebody. they're talking to somebody and that's just, that's the problem. So you have to just teach your kids that, well, why are you accepting a friend request? How do you know when this you person? When you don't know that person, yeah. You know, even though it looks okay and it sounds like a kid and it looks like a kid, but, but like, is it, where's the connection? Do you have friends in common? You know, how do we, we have need to you filter vetted that this out. person? You right. should see their faces. I'll tell you what, <laughs> when when we talk to kids, there's one of the things that we do go over is basically catfishing and catfishing. See, Explain catfishing. So catfishing <laughs> when um, so well, it's the story I'm going to tell pretty much is when there's, let's say, men, grown men, and they're pretending to be women or teenage girls and they have a fake profile set up as if they're this teenage girl. And then they act like that person online to reel in. And the next thing you know, you're down the rabbit hole because they're really a predator. And so it's basically pretending to be somebody else. Now the young boys, their eyes pop out of their heads when they find out that this is a thing. Yeah. And I mean, it's definitely a thing, but at their younger age, it doesn't dawn on them in sixth grade that that person that they think is a teenage girl is actually a, a guy. dirty old right? man. They, it never <clears throat> even crosses their mind until we say it out loud. And then all of a sudden you see it start clicking. And so again, it's just something, why, why in the world would a kid in sixth grade think that that's what's going on. They would never they wouldn't, think. They wouldn't come up with that no. on right. their own. I mean, they're never. not they're not thinking that way, you know, in a bad way. They're just like, oh, it's it's just another friend. Right. Or like they're gaming, you know, they're online yeah. gaming and they're, you know, playing with, you know, Stevie down the street or uh -huh. in a chat room in a new room. And it's really, yeah, the 50-year-old, you know, guy mm -hmm. that's looking to eventually obviously meet up with somebody. I mean, it happens on gaming sites as well. Oh, yeah, we, we focus yeah. a lot on social media for so long and then eventually... People were asking them, it's like, absolutely, you know, it happens on with the gaming consoles and stuff. And I've had, there's been numerous news articles where, you know, someone's been playing like Fortnite and some of these games mm -hmm. and then they ended up in the, you know, the chat rooms with somebody and then they eventually met in real life and then they got into a trafficking situation or a sexual exploitation situation. So any online platform, even like normal I want to say you'll use that term very loosely, quote, like dating sites for adults. I mean, they're out there as well. Oh, yeah. You know, unfortunately, any online platform that allows somebody to interact with somebody else in, a, in an anonymous capacity has a potential for a bad situation. Right. Adults, youth, doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, and the metaverse is opening Pandora's box. The, what is it? The metaverse. Oh. With what is the that? Virtual reality and the Oculus, its new gaming system. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about VR, it. virtual reality. The, the VR, yeah. You know, like big goggles, you've probably seen the little commercials oh, okay. where you wear the, yeah. 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 People walk into walls because they're... <laughs> uh, right, I right. I have not tried those, but I'm dying to try those. <laughs> How, yeah, it's, it's very interesting, though. It makes you dizzy. May, at least it makes oh, me dizzy. Right. But so, I mean, and that's a new thing, the metaverse. Um, okay. Dangerous because it's a virtual reality world. 
you put on the goggles and you go into the world and it's this fake world, but you can interact with other people in the VR world. And it's your avatar. It's not really you. It's an avatar that's interacting. But it's really scary because this is a different level. Now we're at a whole different level because it's virtual reality. It's, what do they call it now? Web 3.0. And kids have access to this. They can if their parents buy them an Oculus. Okay. Um, if Something new that I'm going to have to start learning right. all about. Okay. They, we haven't had any cases with that yet. You know, <laughs> not well, probably not because it is getting really new. And, you know, yeah. Oc- although that was one of the biggest, I think I just recently read it was one of the biggest Christmas gifts. Um, of last season was an Oculus. Um, so, but yeah, check it out. The Washington Post um, just recently, was it, I think it was this week, did a good story. New York Times had a good story a couple weeks ago um, just about some of the concerns that we need to start thinking about with the Oculus because we didn't we didn't plan with Web 2.0. When all of this internet stuff came out, social media, and nobody thought about the kids. Nobody did. Yeah. Now, I mean... Granted, I would We're probably doing argue, this, but what are the repercussions? Right. Nobody thought about the repercussions and how this was going to go, period. It just amazes me that nobody would think about that in today's well, world, yeah, what's ahead. going on. Yeah. Well, and now look at what we're dealing with. <laughs> we are in the thick of it now with the internet and the kids. And now we're opening up this virtual reality metaverse. And we should have learned from our previous experience <laughs> that we need to... Because... The article in the Washington Post, it was talking about how kids are technically on one of the platforms. There's supposed to be no kids. We all know how that goes. Yeah, we all know how that goes. (laughs) And the kids are in there. And adults are getting frustrated. Adults are getting mad because the kids are being annoying, one. Um, Which is, that's kind of funny. But the kids are coming in and they're being annoying. But also, there's predators in there. Yeah. And, you know, the Washington Post article was interviewing a lot of different people that inside the metaverse and they were going, man, I mean, you can just take a kid in the corner in the metaverse. You just have them, hey, follow me in the corner where nobody can hear. And oh, wow. It's like that. It's like a, more like an in person interaction. It's just your avatars. I mean, yeah. Now, the New York Times article mentioned something that really creeped me out because I hadn't thought about it, but they also have these haptic vests. So the haptic vests, you can put them on when you go into the metaverse and you can actually feel things. So I've seen this. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. Yeah. So you can actually <laughs> feel things. And there were, they were interviewing some females who were saying, you know, they went in with a haptic vest on and that there were men just coming up and grabbing. It's, it's their avatar though. Right. You know what I mean? And so they're going, you can't stop me. But if you have a haptic vest on, you just felt it. Wow. So what's that going to do to our kids? So that's like that ad on TV with the Cox. I haven't hugged my brother in 20 years and he puts on this thing. Oh yeah, and, yeah. 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 So you're talking the same thing. Similar. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's just going to get, I mean, there's just always going to be more and more something bigger and something better. You know, I mean, we can't keep up. It's like a daily basis with like the apps, like the kids use. I mean, everyone knows about the mainstream, you know, Snapchat, Instagram, and Facebook. But I mean, there's so many more platforms out there that are a little bit more obscure, you know, that sometimes we don't even find out about them, unfortunately, until we get a case or, you know, or we'll just talk to the kids. If, If I go out and I have a call or a case and I was talking to a girl the other day, I was like, so... 
I go, so let's just, you know, what's what's hot out there now? What's going on? And, you know, I mean, a lot of times they'll just tell you because they love oh, they it because they think you're, yeah. you know, you're dumb. So they love to be smarter than you. <laughs> that's one of the things you know, we'll so it's great. Them. And that's where I just take notes. I'm like, all right, yeah. I got to look this up later. <laughs> I gotta look that's this where I up. learn about all the new ones. We ask <laughs> yeah, the kids. Like, because what's, they know. Yeah, know what's popular you. right now? What are you yeah. most on? And they then know I'm what's like, hot and what's okay, not. Okay, Omegle, I need to figure out what this is now. You know, every time that they... And it's it's wild. Yeah. Or it'll go away and then it'll come back. Yeah. Like we've had like some like Omegle actually was popular and then it went away. Now it's kind of coming back. Yeah. Kick was really hot a couple of years ago. Then it went away. Now that's back. Now that's coming Everything's back too. Everything's like circling yeah. around. It's like our clothes. We're just, you know, yeah. coming back to <laughs> different Recycle. trends. Recycle. Yeah, you know, but Vintage. it's all about, I mean, you know, 90, I would say a good 90%, 95% of my cases that involve youth that I screen. They don't necessarily all end up in sex trafficking, of course, but that I screen for potential trafficking. They've all been generated online, mm-hmm. every single one. And wow. almost the adults as well, too. The adults might have a few other, like more stranger, you know, maybe street engagements, but all, almost every single one of my cases with the minors can be traced back to an online interaction at some point. That's really sad. We have Andy Berger on the phone. Oh. She called in. We've only got 10 minutes left of the show, Andy. Where have you been? <laughs> well, I think I got the times mixed up. It's a quarter to eight here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no worries. No worries. So I was I was telling our guests, we have Jennifer Crawford from the Tucson Police Department here, and we have Jessica from Power Over Predators here, who she is uh, an educator, And I was showing them your book, Voices Against Trafficking, and I told them a little bit about your story. I've got your other book here, The Fragile, uh, A Fragile Thread of Hope. And just basically what happened to you at a very young age, you couldn't even talk. And (laughs) it's, it's just so ugly. And I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about your backstory. Absolutely. Well, from six months to 17 years old, I was trafficked by immediate and some extended family members, which we call familial trafficking these days. Um, And it was so brutal and intense that by the time I was five, I thought I would just end it and take my life because my birth mother said she could end my life anytime she wanted. And she had already tried a couple times. So there just wasn't any place to go to, no one to ask for help in the early 60s and 70s when all that happened, barely talking about child abuse because, you know, people kept secrets and you don't talk about certain things. So at five years old, I went to the curb of my house and I waited for a car to be coming by fast enough to jump in front of so I could just be dead and be at peace where no one could touch me or hurt me again. And uh, clearly no car came by because I'm still here six decades later. But, um, you know, not every every victim has that opportunity. But in that moment, God interceded in my life for other people. It could be something else. But in that moment, I heard that voice that said, this is not the plan I have for you. And I believed it. And so the last time my birth mother tried to take my life, I was 17. And I had no childhood, no friends, nothing that was safe in my life, and went on to uh, excel in education, get my law degree. And then I realized that being a lawyer wasn't really going to get the kind of justice I wanted for other kids who had been hurt like I had been. 
And people don't, you know, we're talking about the prevention and what to watch out for. There's a whole nother part of this, mm-hmm. having been a victim, that, yes. you know, I I know we have this event coming up on the 2nd of April, and I know you're going to be zooming in to talk to people before we show the film that we're going to be showing. I want people Absolutely. to really think about the victims. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, they weren't victims. They went to jail. And I don't remember the girl, young lady's name or what what state she was in, but I know she went to jail for murder, having killed the pimp. Oh, Satoya Mm -hmm. Brown. Yes. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'd have killed him, too. Right. Had I had the opportunity, you'd be a dead person. And she had every right to do what she was doing. And people don't realize, and you're, you're... brave enough and strong enough to show share your story with everybody and you know we talk about we kind of joked a little bit about some of the stuff that's that's online but there's a very serious side to this mm-hmm. and you lived oh, it. absolutely absolutely what people don't realize is that even one incident one trauma is a life sentence for a victim because my primary predator my birth mother who is the primary sexual predator and orchestrator of evil uh in in my life took 91 years to pass from this life and i think uh, most people would agree that if they've been victimized that they either want their predators dead or locked up for life where they can no longer physically threat or even be you know, a threat as that victim uh, becomes a survivor and then hopefully down the road a thriver. And I'm at, I'm at my age, I'm still dealing with PTSD, different kinds of triggers because of all the kids my husband and I have rescued, you know, 300 kids, 300 stories. It's a lot over a 13-year period, but I have had more practice at dealing with that. But again, the victim pays the longest lifetime price for what happens. It's it's unfortunate, and I know the state of Arizona is um, trying to pass a couple of bills that would put these people away for life if if you are arrested and, and charged with child molestation or sex trafficking, you're going to not be a happy person in prison. You don't get to choose your roommate. So. That's right. That's right. That's absolutely right. We have to keep them in jail once they are prosecuted and they're put there. And that's one of the issues I think our country has had a, a huge issue with. We haven't either enforced the laws or it's simply just, you know, been harder to keep them there. Well, one thing that, you know, and and I know one of our representatives, Leo Biasucci, is very prominent in these bills that uh, have been presented to, and they're working on them. He sent me the draft. Um, they're working on them. But it's it's one thing that they need to stop making deals like they did with Jeffrey Epstein, mm. where, you know, okay, yes. yeah. you know, you get out of jail every day to go do what you want to do, and you can be, come back on the weekend. That's not working. It didn't work hideous. there. <laughs> it didn't no. work there. It didn't stop no, him from anything. Not. So no, it just moved the problem to a nicer location, and then the 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 young person, uh, the girl that was fourteen that had the courage, enormous courage to try and speak up, was dismissed as not believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people need to listen to their kids. And I remember we're talking about when I was younger. If you said somebody did something, you were told to shut your mouth. Yep, you weren't listened absolutely. to. Absolutely not listened to. So 
things have changed. People need to listen, pay attention, right. and do something about it. And yes, and also educate themselves and get a little bit more aware. Yes. Um, that's one of the reasons we brought the book out. You know, 18 authors, 20 chapters from all over the field, so to speak, of human trafficking. You know, how the travel industry can help, what you can do, some other stories of survivor leaders, some media people, because we wanted to give folks a handbook, either a starting point or a fill-in-the-blanks you know, guidebook, something that would help them maybe get more involved if they knew what they aren't seeing on television about this issue. Oh, absolutely. And I, I say it constantly. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know until right. you've read this book or you've listened to somebody in this position talk. And that is exactly why we're doing this event, uh, the front line of sex trafficking on the 2nd of April. Tickets aren't ready yet. We'll be announcing all that <laughs> as things develop, but... It's going to be worth your time, and we're going to be holding it at the Burger um, Theater of Performing Arts. So, and we'll be broadcasting live from there. John didn't know this until just now. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> and, yeah, we're going to be interviewing youth who have been talked to by people on the Internet. The whole show, the radio show, will be youth in what they've experienced so I hope everybody has a chance to uh, tune in or show up because it's going to be an in-person thing and it'll be, we'll have Q&A afterwards. Jennifer will be there. We'll ask her all kinds of questions. <laughs> I'll, get and, to, I'll get to uh, entertain you again on another Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just wanted to add when, when she was talking about, you know, the industry and training, um, I'm really super happy to know that um, Tucson International Airport has now been on board. They've been very cooperative for years, so it's no fault of them. But they finally have an official partnership with Department of Homeland Security. Cool. So we finally have signage up in our bathrooms out there. Oh, good, good, we were supposed good. to go and tour it um, a week ago, Yay. but some people got sick, unfortunately, so we had to postpone it. Um, but I've been traveling, so I got to see it myself they have the signs up now in the bathrooms um the monitors they have a whole bunch of other stuff so they are super happy and i don't know if they announced it on the media but yeah they're rolling out their campaign of you know now they are a little bit more officially mm -hmm. involved they've always been involved locally but like on a little bit bigger platform with that's some awesome. funding and yeah so i'm super happy that we're that's getting awesome. up there with the rest of these major airports <laughs> and i think just to piggyback on that and add i think it's key because when you look at something like Andy's situation, the primary people that were supposed to protect her did not. Right. Exactly. And they were the one that caused the trauma and put her in this situation. And as a community, we need to be able to understand that. Recognize it. Recognize. I mean, maybe it's educators. Maybe, you know, we've got law enforcement involved. Maybe it's at the airport. There's signs in bathrooms. Right. All of those things need to be in place for people, especially vulnerable that's a whole nother show though because yeah. i don't think a, a child is going to look at that sign and say hey well that's true. that's me right that's me i an need to report would, this but right, right right and adults would a lot but of not times they don't yeah. recognize yeah. themselves as victims so i'm sure andy knows andy i appreciate yeah, you calling in and i i look forward to talking to you between now and the second of april I want to thank you both, Jennifer and Jessica, for coming in and, and talking about this. It's a sensitive topic, but everybody mm -hmm. needs to be aware. Thank and, you. Yeah. Thank you. And again, <laughs> Jennifer is there if you need her. If you've got something going on, she's, she's top-notch in the business. She knows what's going on. She can help you. Until next week, shop local, stay safe.
Enforcement's live show airs every Saturday morning at 8 when you and I talk with law enforcement. Is there really a crisis on the border? Are we really being invaded by aliens? On our next show, Border Patrol brings us up to date. Get your questions ready and call in at 790-2040. And please support Law Matters on your website, lawmatters1030.org. Every dollar counts and your generosity truly makes a difference. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org.